Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, a couple of months ago, a woman reached out to our Hey Soul Sister team with her personal story she wanted to share in the hope of inspiring other women to follow their creative passions their dreams, especially after experiencing the trauma and loss of her child. Annie Higgins is a musician who uses her personal life experiences of womanhood, motherhood, love and loss, living a transient life as a military wife, as inspiration for her music, aiming to connect and inspire other women. And she's about to release her first album. And so I was going to share her story, her journey and wisdoms with us today on Hey Soul Sister. Hey, Annie Higgins is on the Zoom with me today. Hey, Annie, how are you going? Hey, Mel, I'm really great. How are you? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we're on the Zoom. We're in the COVID lockdown and you're in lockdown right now. Yes, we are. Yes, in Newcastle. We've been pretty lucky compared to most people, but now we're hitting the skids. We're having to lock down like everyone else. My personal thing that I love to do is have people in the studio with me when I'm podcasting with them. So and you're actually in lockdown because you're about to move. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. We are crazy, but we're going to the UK. <laughs> so, and that's your hubby's in the military. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's been posted over there to do a special aero medicine course. So yeah. we'll be there for seven months. Wow. Wow. Well, I can't wait to hear more about your journey and a little bit about that, what life is like as a, as, as a hubby that works in the military and moving around so much. I imagine that could be exciting and also intense at the same time. Okay, so first of all, congratulations on your new album that's coming out very soon. Okay, what's it called? Thank you so much. Yes, it's called Wise Woman. It's an album about juggling our lives as women and the intuitive moments that we experience and talking about some of the things that we have to do, like the brave choices we make, juggling work, lives, kids, identities. And I just wanted to just bring that to life in a different way that we don't, don't normally hear. How do you release an album during lockdown? Or will you wait till the lockdown finishes now that we've just been extended? Yeah, we, we actually had planned to do a listening party first with the band in Sydney about two months ago. And that was just before they all got locked down. So we've postponed it three times. Oh, <laughs> so God. we're still postponing that. I think that if we're going to be realistic, we'll probably have to wait about six months to get together in person. And we might do it in Adelaide now because we'll be coming back to Adelaide. And that's pretty exciting too. Everyone can fly in and we'll, we'll all get together and, and probably do a big show. Do you know what? I think even though it's really challenging living through lockdown and having to postpone events and things, you know, I, I ran a charity called Got Your Back, Sister. We had a big Red Gala event launching the short film that we've made that was supposed to be the 2nd of July. We've had to postpone that till November. Uh, we had our big community campaign, I Run For Her, which was scheduled for... This coming Sunday, the 22nd of August, we've had to postpone that to the 24th of October. But the beautiful thing, I guess, is that, you know, when I've had to contact people and and on Friday it was contacting sponsors and participants, fundraisers, to let them know about the postponement, pretty much everybody's just gone, do you know what, that's life right now. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I know musicians are doing it really tough too and just having to pivot, pivot, everyone's talking about doing that. And I think that, you know, everyone understands and I'm finding 
something that people are really getting behind us and and just celebrating what we can when we can. Yeah, because you're right, it's pretty difficult for musicians right now because all so many events have been cancelled or postponed. That's right, yeah. Actually, yesterday we just did a uh, podcast, well, sort of like a high tea with the McEwa Charlestown. We were actually going to meet in person and do a charity event and I was going to sing the album there. And uh, kindly they did a takeaway version and we did a Zoom and I just sang to everyone online. So we could still adapt it somewhat. Yeah, yeah. And that's probably one of the things that have come out of the whole COVID thing is resilience and finding different ways of doing things, which still doesn't necessarily make it awesome. But, you know, we just do the best we can, really. So have you always been a musician, Annie? I have, yes, yes. I grew up in the 70s where my dad had the big speakers in the lounge room and it was a combination of Neil Diamond and ABBA and the symphony orchestra (laughs) combined. And I just remember nagging my mum and dad for piano lessons and then I, I slowly just started singing at church and got asked to sing and you, as a child you don't even know what you can do. But then I figured I'll just keep stepping up to the mic until they tell me to stop. And then I started to get a real love of writing stories and as I grew up I wrote songs from about 16. Instead of a novel, an album would be kind of cooler. <laughs> as a woman and you've been a musician since a child, I love that you are in your 40s and you're releasing your first album. That is freaking awesome. Oh, thank you. It's actually really, it was really scary at first because, I mean, I've always been a little bit shy and I thought, well, why would anyone sort of get behind someone who's in there, especially if she's a woman in the music industry, if you're not Tina, who I love, uh, (laughs) and you haven't been doing it all your life in the industry, um, being very public about it, why would anyone get behind you now? But I, I didn't, I just sort of shrugged that off because I just said, well, everything's happened in my life as it's happened. Yeah. And, and this just might be my time. And it really doesn't matter what time of life that you decide to, to do something like this. I think it's just something that's come to fruition and it's just something to share. So I'm really enjoying it. Do you know what? There are so many women that I meet and I think the older that we get, And, you know, I'm in my 40s. I have a number of friends in their 40s. And I love that we reach a point, all of a sudden we get this confidence and we get this courage and bravery to go, do you know what? Actually, I'm going to have a crack. This is something I've wanted to do my entire life. And actually, now's the time to do it. You know, I look back at my 20s and even some of my 30s and I go, I'm way braver now than I was back then. And I I have so many friends that have dreams and passions and things that they wanted to do. But it's like now is their time to make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that you've spent a lot of time worrying about all the things that people will think or what you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do in those earlier years. And, you know, you you decide at some point, and I know I did, that, okay, it's just time to skill up and just go for it. And you've got a little bit of wisdom on your side so you can kind of, you know, fend off the bad thoughts mm. or the, the voices inside that say, don't do this. And And then I just found that the more I did that, the more I attracted people that wanted to get behind me. And, and you know, I was still to this day surprised that, you know, my 27-year-old guitarist who's as cool as anything and yeah. he's got places to go, he just kept coming to my place and going, yes, yeah, sweet Annie, let's do it. Let's get, let's get the vibe. Let's do that. It's, he was just so much fun. And 
And I just was so delighted that he thought it was worthwhile. But do you know the cool thing, and I love you saying that, is that I honestly believe that it's like, you know, when you get in flow, when you get in universal flow, source flow, whatever you want to call that, when you get into flow, really great things happen and the right people do come into your life to actually help you get on that trajectory. You know, that's been one of my life learnings. And I think really being open to that as well. I think that's one of the the beautiful parts of that journey, you know, and, and again, women that I know who have decided, yeah, I'm going for this, whether that's in business, a hobby, a passion, a creative project. I ran into a woman yesterday. I was sitting on my veranda and she walked past my house and she saw me and we, as a woman I know, then we were having a bit of a chat and she's in her 60s and she said, do you know what? I've decided that I'm going to write a screenplay for a short film. And I was like, oh, good on you. That's awesome. And she said, we got chatting. She goes, hang on, haven't you done a short film? And I was like, well, actually, yeah, I have for the charity. We have, haven't been able to release it yet because of the COVID. We've had to postpone that. I said, but, and she, you know, I've met some really amazing people who have helped bring that to life. So then she's like, who were those people? So then I'm telling her about that. And she's, you know, walked away all motivated and, you know, to contact those people and make that happen. I go, she's in her 60s. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. And what you just touched on is, you know, just the power of that you realize in your 30s and 40s that women are there for each other. Yeah, I don't know if you experienced it when you're younger and it's this competitive thing going on and and girls are trying to figure out how to relate to one another. Yeah. All of a sudden we realise we're here to support one another and and nurture our relationships. And as soon as you find those key people to be with, I'd be so blessed and lucky to have them now. They actually, you know, enrich in your journey and so forth and vice versa. And so it gives you the confidence to to do those things. You're not alone. (laughs) Yeah, I really agree. And and I think as well, you know, when I look back at those younger years when I was in my 20s, you know, we have so much fear, fear of the world, fear of the unknown. We're not quite sure what we're doing, where we're going. And it's all that fear, you know, when, when you live in that fear space, it's actually hard sometimes to put yourself out there. But also, you don't necessarily always go and pat other people on the back and encourage them because you're still trying to sort your own crap out, you know, and not that that's okay, but it's just where you're at at that time. Want to fill your soul with more? Go to thesisterco.com. One of the things which I hope it's okay that we can talk about is, was it 14 years ago, you gave birth to a, a beautiful little girl, Teresa Clare, who died shortly after birth. I imagine that would have been a big game changer for you. Oh, absolutely. In so many ways, we found out at 19 weeks that the baby had a heart condition and obviously a diagnosis at that point for a first child as well, especially when we just expected nothing to go wrong with a pregnancy. Yeah. And when we heard about the diagnosis, we were shocked and and equally shocked that heart conditions could actually occur and I think for us it was getting our heads around all the the medical side of it and that the intricacies of all the different conditions that can happen in children just quite not uncommon I I can't say it's common but it's it's about nearly 3,000 births a year out of 300,000 children so it's nearly one in a hundred that have a a mild to severe condition wow and 
It that was, is a lot. It's a lot, yeah. And it struck me because one in four have a severe one and, and, and there can be so many different types. You know, our mind's just boggled at we're trying to understand Teresa's condition first and then they're saying, oh, well, it could be the transposition of the great arteries or it could be nothing or it could be uh, HLHS, which is what she had. And it just, uh, you know, it beggars belief. Um, you know, a lot has to go right, you know, for a yeah. child to be born without anything. So that that's something that I'm more passionate about now, about awareness for CHD in children. And it's heart conditions in children are completely different to adult heart conditions. So it's got nothing to do with diet or exercise. It's, it's just something where it's a mystery in life that we just still don't understand why it just occurs. And yeah. our youngest son also has a mild aortic stenosis, which he's just not bothered by. He doesn't have any symptoms or anything yeah. either. But Teresa's condition, at about 14 weeks, they think the left aortic valve just stopped pumping the blood in order to grow the left chamber. So she was perfectly normal looking. She was born at full term. And when she, because the heart babies are relying on the placenta, they come out all beautiful and pink and like they look normal. And then their heart fails because they need to start pumping blood into the chambers. And so yeah. they try to keep those types of babies really stable until they can then go straight into open heart surgery. Yeah. So Teresa, it was another shock because we thought she'd be okay we thought she'd be prepped for surgery and she just wasn't stable enough the best thing to do was to give her lots of cuddles and stay with her for five hours that I, I can't imagine any I just I can't imagine going through that and then picking yourself up and keeping going yeah look I think in some ways we were lucky in a way because we we had a bit of time to get our heads around around it and my husband and I just decided to walk very cautiously and humbly at each step. We sort of took our time because otherwise it's just, it's almost like you're walking in slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> Once you get the news, everything stops. Yeah. So I think that that process of just being gentle and tender with one another and leaning on each other was the best advice we had at the time. Yeah. And that, that really rang true. And of course, you know, we prayed to saints and angels and everyone else <laughs> was happy to join in. Yeah. <laughs> and I do feel there was a real positive life force around us and with us, with her. And it just made every moment count. So I, I just remember so much about the pregnancy and, you know, he also, my husband talked about the joy of her and just kept trying in his grief and we grieve differently, but he, his emphasis was very much on how proud he was of his newborn baby girl and yeah. how pretty and gorgeous she was. And he just brought so much joy to that situation and kind of pulled me out of the doldrums in, in some ways. Oh, wow. What an amazing man. Yeah. It was kind of a mixture between the yeah. joy and the sorrow. Yeah. 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 Wow. Making me I'm getting all teary now listening. Oh, <laughs> thanks for your tears. And I, I yeah. think it's now 14 years and I have been pretty numb, you know, like in a, the experience, it comes in waves, the grief and that sort of thing. But the thing that stands out to me was just the amount of love that we, we literally felt the, the beams of love coming from people. And then in that room with her, she was so delicate and so precious and beautiful. And it was such, it was a very peaceful time as well. And we just poured out our love for as long as we could. 
How did that change you? I know that's a really big, broad question, but life experiences like that, it alters us in some way. I think it taught me initially to sit with the pain. There's a real mystery in that and sitting with the pain and, you know, I I was sort of thinking about, I've been thinking about this a lot and, you know, we talk about belly laughs and it's actually okay to have a belly cry because, you know, I had a, a couple of times where that happened to me and that sort of thing is you've just got to sit with, you just don't have a choice. You just have to sit with it. Yeah. And and that taught me to just trust and move through it and, you know, all will be well, even yeah. though it's not. It, it was just a very strange kind of experience. So then I, I think for both of us, we both had, you know, ideas about what we wanted to do with the rest of our lives and we wanted a family, but I think it really sharpened our will and it narrowed down exactly where we wanted to go. And he'd already applied to be a doctor and that was a massive career change yeah. as well. And I'd already sort of started considering about being a musician full-time, not just part-time or for fun. And then we just chiseled our way straight into that as soon as we'd kind of, you know, come back and settled in and started to grapple with what had happened. Yeah. You came to the fork in the road and, and kind of both made those life-changing choices, but that's amazing. You know, you're now living your passion and something that you love. And I can hear and see, because you're on the Zoom, <laughs> I can see you. I can see the joy that that gives you. Like, that's the gift, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And it, it's not easy. I think that any time you try to choose a very authentic path, it's confronting. I think a lot of the time these days, and especially in the music industry, everybody wants to be seen or to be valued or to be important. Yeah. And, you know, you, you have to be stronger than that you have to be okay with just being you and then learning about who you are and then just celebrating that in small steps forward and then see where that goes you know there's no no point in trying to big note anything want to save your soul review us on apple podcast so have you how have you honored Teresa in your music oh i think that it's really i have talked to her about this <laughs> <laughs> We do have lots of little whisper conversations yeah. and from the very first time we, we, we used to tap each other in the womb, I said, you know, look, if, if I can just go out there and, and live till I can feel it in my fingertips and, and follow what I feel is, is the best path for me and live my life to the fullest and love fiercely, then that's how I honour her. There's no point sitting around glooming and dooming. Yes, I did plenty of that, but that was part of the process as I understood it. And there are triggers. They're, they're terrible. They, they get you really off guard and you don't expect to be bawling your eyes out in the middle of something that you didn't expect. You know, watching the football, like it's yeah. just crazy. The, yeah, <laughs> the grief yeah, that can yeah. happen. But yeah, I think you have to really know yourself and give yourself the space to rest your soul. And then, you know, when it's time, be brave enough to step forward. So for me, I think just just doing what I'm doing is is enough to honour her. We had really beautiful friends at the time who wrote a song for her called Perfect in Every Way. And that song was just absolutely incredible because the verses spoke about me, then the verses spoke about my husband. And it was trying to emphasise the fact that if there's something in the heart wasn't functioning properly or structured differently, that doesn't mean you're not perfect, you know, and and it means that you are just who you are. That was really special because every now and then we get a strange reaction, like people are like, oh, is it genetic? 
you know, and like, yeah, probably, it's probably <laughs> genetic, but is that the point really? Like, yeah. it's, uh, it's, uh, it's just what it is, what it is, you know, and she brought so many people together when she was here. We had so many people who mended their relationships, who properly started to grieve the, 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 the loss of their own child. It was extraordinary what happened with her. So wow, I love you, Annie. I just I, you're such a you're such a beautiful. I can just tell. I've, I mean, I've never met you before, but I'm like you can just feel that beautiful soulfulness and joy coming through. It's it's really it's really inspiring, and I can imagine then that your music will absolutely you know be inspirational to other people. Yeah. Do you want to sing a little bit? I was the soul who needed sparing from the urban sprawl With dreams of a big shot with no clue at all They played me the fool right in front of my eyes I just tell myself to stay in my disguise Now I'm a wise woman Know which battles to fight I'm a wise woman Poised as brave as a lion, I'm a wise woman. A simple smile will do fine. I can open my heart or my mind anytime that I feel when it's time to shine. Hey, that's awesome. Oh, I love that. Can't wait for this album to come out so we can get it. <laughs> well, we actually did release uh, Living and Breathing last Friday, which is the first single of the album, and that's very much inspired by my love of the beaches. And yeah. I was thrilled to release it in Newcastle. So it's yeah. um, a real reggae kickback song. Okay, so where can people hear a, a version of that? Yeah, if you just look up Annie Higgins, Spotify, or any of the streaming services, yep. it's called Living and Breathing. Yeah. So you're obviously incredibly talented. You made the decision to make your life around music full time. How have you managed to do that being, I guess, a military wife and having to live that transient lifestyle? Mm, very good question. Fit in, <laughs> try and work around the uh, the call that you get from sir. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Sorry, darling. We're going here now. It's, it's hilarious that that call comes usually at family barbecues. But well, I guess for me, it, I just feel like because we both made a decision in our relationship that we would fuel each other's passions, we try to do that. And so wherever that leads, we just trust that the timing will work. <laughs> and if it doesn't, we just adjust. So for me, I was teaching vocals all the way up uh, at Big Music in Crow's Nest and then at Canary Studios, which was my studio I, I made myself. And that was awesome from my home. And then because we got posting orders to live on a RAF base, it was more difficult to bring my students in and out. So I was working 30 hours a week and I thought, hey, this is a perfect opportunity to write that album. The album you always wanted to write, yeah. That's exactly right, like the book, you know. And then I still had the opportunity to come back to Sydney from where we were to go to the studio, which was awesome. And then the second posting here, we still, you know, we're still too close enough to Sydney to keep that going. And I feel like for, must have been Teresa, she's just so clever, little girl. She just <laughs> helps every time when we say, maybe this. So I guess for me now, the next chapter will be when we go to the UK 
seeing if there are any sort of places to play live again, which would yeah. be really exciting. Another stepping stone back to Adelaide and, and hopefully it will be a combination of Canary Studios teaching and live gigs and songwriting. Beautiful. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Okay. Do you ever feel resentful about having to move? Oh, I don't because it's, it, I guess I, I do find that it creeps in a little bit my homing device. I kind of start to go, oh, this would be great to settle here. And then I start looking at houses. <laughs> <laughs> I go, oh, it'd be so lovely to live in Merriweather now, this time of year. And yeah. then I do a little bit of that for the first few months. And I was the same in, in Richmond. And so I, I kind of do that for the first part of the post. Yeah. And then I start getting itchy feet. It's really weird. But yeah. from the outset, when we decided to feel each other's passions, my husband joined the military at a later time in life because we decided that we wanted to serve but we also wanted an adventure yeah you know and obviously they do help you go through uni and there is a payback and so forth but it was still a really good fit for him so because we had made that decision together we weren't kind of young and sort of got swayed into it every time we move now it's it's like yeah no this is the adventure this is where we're going and I think at some point in the future if we decide it's too much for the kids or us we'll we'll make a different decision yeah yeah let's get soulful on social media search the sister code Facebook page and follow us on Instagram so I want to ask you with all that you have been through on your journey with Teresa, moving so much, living a life of adventure, (laughs) following your dreams and your passion, becoming a a musician, releasing your first album. What have you learned about yourself? What have I learned about myself? I think that I have learned that I work really well when I'm surrounded by other women who have some sort of spiritual dimension to them as well as just a realistic, passionate, career-based life. So I think that you you become a really good person by, by giving and being around other people that are, are on that journey. So I've learned to trust more people in my life than I used to. And I've also learned that you know, you've got to hold on to yourself. You know, women always giving, giving, giving. And if you don't hold on to yourself, then you can't really offer much. You're kind of always just being a bit of a doormat. So I think for me, that's what I've learned. I mean, there's just so many things really. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think, you know, you, you just have to be realistic about life. And I think the biggest thing for me would be that you have to try to always love in situations. So, you know, spend most of your time trying to figure out how love can help in this situation. What's love asking of me? Yeah. And if, if, what, if, I, if I sort of just take an extra moment to think about, you know, when my child is not picking up his shoes or, you know, my guitarist is late or <laughs> something's going on, how can I, how can, what's love asking me in this situation? How am I going to make a choice of love? How am I going to respond with love? And, you know, how am I going to honour it? You know, so I think that's something I've really learned to be close close to that Mm. rather than just go, yeah, love, love. And I think also it's really important to me to 
be attentive to that life force that's around us and with us all the time. Yeah. Just keep tapping into it and don't be afraid of it. I love that. I absolutely love that. And you know what's funny? It's a choice that we make in each moment, in each day. You know what's funny? Charlotta Tharp, who's my mindfulness guru, I've said to her before, does it bother you if people cancel appointments when they're coming for a session with you? And she said, no, do you know what? It never does. And I was like, oh, really? I, said, I thought that might annoy you. And she went, no, do you know what? She said, I go, oh, well, I've got an extra hour back that I didn't realize I have. So I'm going to go do something that, you know, makes me happy. And I love that because I know so many people get quite upset or angry if appointments get cancelled on them, if they're practitioners or whatever. And I go, I always think that I go, she makes a choice every day. And we all do. It's like, how do we choose to look at things? We can look at them, you know, through fear or love. And that's exactly what you've just said. I love that. That's being soulful. That's being a soulful sister. Totally. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and and, and yeah. When, the, when the fear creeps in, it's just naming it. You know, it's just going, oh, oh, be aware. It's here. There's fear. Let's kind of flip that. Let's flip that to love. Exactly right. Or just sit with yeah. it for a bit. Just go, hey, it's cool, but just don't yeah. make any choices right now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Or if I've got, I've got a beautiful woman, Joey, who works, I got your back sister and she's that for me. She's like, Mel, don't send that email yet. <laughs> okay. Finally, what's your message to women who have a passion or a dream? There's something that they've always wanted to do. What's your message to them? Oh, wow. Surround yourself with people who get you. I think for me, that is something that uh, was really important to me as a musician. Some people don't get the music thing and that's okay. And they can still be friends. It's all good. (laughs) But people who really get it, you know, really spend a bit more time with them because they're the ones that really believe in you and fuel that passion and, and affirm you. You need a lot of affirmation when you're trying to pursue something outside the box. I find a lot of my friends are teachers. We went through university together and I did theology and philosophy and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, who wants to hire one of them? (laughs) So, you know, I found that I've always sort of dodged the usual pathway. And when you do that, you really don't have the structures that are holding you up. So you need the people to really hold you up. So if you are going out on your own, that's, that's something I would definitely recommend. And the only way to know it's if it's truly your passion is to give it a red hot go. You know, yeah. I, I was watching a wonderful TED talk. My sister, I've got two beautiful sisters, sent me a while ago and it was a woman talking about the fact that men go for a job even though they only fit 60% of the criteria and women only go for the job if they meet 100% of the criteria. So we're more likely to hold back if we don't have everything all our ducks in a row. And so I would say flip that and go at the 60% level because making all those little mistakes are really, you know, key in terms of you moving forward. Yeah. So, you know, yesterday we did a lovely high tea zoom and, you know, it was one or two things that didn't work and it's like, Oh, well, we'll fix it. You know? So yeah. I could have stressed about it, but uh, that's, I guess, one of the gifts of being in your forties, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely going is that really you know what that's not do or die it's not do or die just go with it yeah well Annie thank you so much you're an amazing soulful sister so people can go look up Annie's music on Spotify Annie Higgins do you have a website or anything else Annie where people can look you up yes it's AnnieHiggins.com beautiful and are you on Instagram or anything like that yes it's uh, Annie Higgins music on Instagram beautiful well thank you so much for coming on hey soul sister thanks mel you've been amazing 
Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon. What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email melissa at thesistercode.com.